Welcome to When We Meet Again, the podcast about the future of meetings and event technology, where we talk about how to have better meetings, emerging trends, and much, much more. My name is John Rossman, and joining me today to talk about all things meetings is the president and founder of Electromedia Design and Avastar, Mr. Jeff Lothar. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, John. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, welcome back. No, no, this is really <laughs> great. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, the outbreak of the coronavirus, it's impacted all of us, industries and personally, and in different ways. We've all had to, to change our way of living and our way of doing business. And obviously, the meetings industry has been more or less effectively shut down since the outbreak. Mm. Can you speak to what, are, are there any related industries that have also been affected by this, by the, the meetings industry shutdown? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's been stunning. The, the meetings industry shutdown is actually a byproduct of, of all of the guidelines and the regulations saying about, you know, how we have to shelter in place. But everything has been impacted. The whole communities, of course, you, know, you look at Vegas and some mm -hmm. of the most breathtaking pictures are the complete strip empty of cars. <laughs> I couldn't believe to see that. It's bizarre, it, right? It sure <laughs> Something is. out of a movie. Like, yeah, and you think about all the taxi cabs and, and the airlines of people aren't going to meetings and they're not traveling, they're not going anywhere. The rental cars and the hotels and the restaurants and, and all the entertainment that goes on around the meetings, the trucking and the shipping companies that were moving right. all these trade show exhibits back and forth. There, there were three trade shows I think we were planning on ex exhibiting at this spring and That's right. you know, our, our yeah. booth is still in the storage locker because <laughs> it's not going anywhere. And uh, Not to mention Infocom completely oh gone from gosh. the roster this year, which... Yeah. I haven't seen that happen since I've been in the industry. Yeah, it's one of the biggest shows ever. Yeah, it's it's just evaporated. And uh, the whole AV industry, the whole AV services industry, you know, that's, that's the trade show itself is are all built around AV production companies, AV rental companies, all the, the rental services that run the shows, that produce the shows, mm -hmm. all the creative services around that. Boy, they, they've just been decimated. You know, we're talking 90% uh, layoffs in that industry, yeah. more than that. Have you seen any predictions as to when public meetings can begin again, when we can start to spool this back up? And once we do, what's that return going to look like? Wow. Yeah. It's And this is where there are so many groups trying to answer exactly that question. We have mm. been on probably 10 hours a week uh, since mid-March in roundtable Zoom calls and WebEx <laughs> and uh, with the whole Hollywood squares. Of, and it's somewhere between 50 and 130 participants from all over the world. I mean, we're monitoring the hotel industry, both the development and the operation side of hotels, uh, the meeting planning industry, the, the trade associations around the meeting planning, of course, the AV production and AV rental industries. And because of the nature of the event and the pandemic and, and the associated guidelines around there, generally speaking, the, the prediction is no big meetings for a year. Not until the hmm. second quarter of 2021. That's wow. when the first ones are beginning to start. They're, they're putting them temporarily on the books and starting to think about how to do it. You know, in, in the meantime... You know, they're thinking, well, it's going to be smaller meetings, uh, regional mm -hmm. meetings, you know, where, where you'll have clusters of maybe it's for training or maybe it's just for general 
information gathering, um, collaborative type meetings. But nobody's really expecting the large groups or any of the trade show type exhibitions for a, for a year, for a good solid year. Wow. Wow. It's incredible. I, I have a lot of uh, musician friends who work live music as their primary source of income, and they've been just impacted so hard by this, as as we all have. Yeah. But um, the earliest prediction I've seen for any kind of concerts is is late fall to early winter of this year, and those are kind of tentative still. You know, that seems <laughs> that still seems optimistic, and does, honestly, huh? at the beginning of this whole process, it it seemed like well, it'll be a couple months while we'll batting down the hatches, and then it'll get back to normal here soon. But we're all seeing how this is unfolding in real time. Oh, and it's gonna. It's, I think it's gonna be a slow start. I mean, it, it, everybody's very, especially right now when you're hearing about you know the southern states and Arizona and Florida and Texas that mm. that they were the one of the first ones to relax the guidelines. And now, you know, all the reports are about, you know, spiking cases and, and the like. But right. uh, so I think it's going to be step by step, incremental, uh, slow start, soft sure. start. And when public meetings of any kind kind of begin at large again, social distancing and, and public safety is going to be paramount. So what, what kind of factors do you see, at least safety wise, are going to come into play uh, and are going to change the way that meetings are, are held from what they used to be? What are what are you seeing that people are recommending? Oh yeah, uh, and and this is this is an interesting study, and you know we're modeling, and we're also following other guidelines that are being issued by events industry experts, and so the the factors are well, well, first of all, the most I think long lasting factor is the idea of personal safety. I mean, mm -hmm. when when we say that, we have to realize how personal it is. It really depends on each individual's biology. They can right. say, all right, we're going to have a meeting and these 200 you know, managers are going to come to the meeting, but that may not be so. They may not feel safe because of either their own personal situation or perhaps they're taking care of, of someone who, who is more sensitive and they don't want to expose them inadvertently. Right, right. So this personal safety factor is one of the biggest ones. Just because you say that we're going to have a meeting and you expect these, this demographic to attend, they may not be in a place where they, and it is up to all of us. I think we've learned that, that we have to take care of ourselves, that no law or guideline is going to right. actually protect us. We, it's up to us. It's our choice. Right. And I think that's important too, that the second order, the knock-on effect, if you yourself are not in a uh, at a high risk demographic, if you're taken care of, or you're in contact with a close relative who might be, that can, that should affect you just as directly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are uh, some of us that feel bulletproof, perhaps. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, imagine that if we've had the symptoms and know that we have the antibodies, but we sure don't want to be spreading it around. You know, we, right. we, we, we do, even if we pick it up from somebody else and it's not going to affect us, but we have to still be careful. And that, that applies even to travel issues. So that's, that's one of the reasons why the prediction is that regional meetings are going to be more popular because or that's how it's going to soft start with regional okay. meetings. People are now, it's, it's reported that people are willing to drive up to 10 hours to avoid getting on an airplane. <laughs> they will take a whole day <laughs> to drive to another city. You know, they'll stay in the hotel. They feel okay about that, apparently. But the, huh. those airplanes are are spooky with the circulating air, yeah. and you know they're <laughs> you know, uh, travel. It, it, and the, it, another thing that's 
interesting is how this social distancing is is impacting occupancy for rooms. When you right, think right. about a meeting room that maybe had a, a general occupancy of 50, but now you have to keep this two meter, six foot spacing. Now you're thinking, okay, that's now only accommodate 20 people. <laughs> Here's another interesting thing. When you see these charts, and we've noticed this, that the charts that are drawing six foot circles and, and putting people at the, in the inter intersection of those, the people who show up for meetings, they're social animals. They're, they want to be around <laughs> other people and they may be coming with their, with their colleague. And, right. you know, they sit in cubicle right next to each other all day long. Why should they sit six feet apart in the meeting room? Right, right. So the whole idea of social distancing for meetings has got to be looked at more like restaurants. Okay. You know, people come in small groups and the people that are in these meetings, especially the first ones, are likely going to want to hang with each other one way or another. Either they came together or they feel safe with each other and they've met in the hallway. And so mm -hmm. if they want to sit together, we have to be able to accommodate letting them sit together. But then that group of two or three are six feet away from the next individual or another group of two or three. Right. <laughs> the science, the math, when you look at that, it, it's interesting to see how if you think that everybody sits by themselves, you get an occupancy of somewhere around 18 to 20% of their maximum occupancy. Mm -hmm. But if you let it mix up with deuces and, and triples, you know, and mixed in with singles, now you can push that occupancy up to 30, 35% of the room. Got it. But, but it's still, you know, you've got a bigger room you know, <laughs> and people farther away from each other. Bigger rooms are noisier. You're going to need more audiovisual to cover those, to let people hear each other, to let people hear the presenter. Right, right. Yeah, the knock-on effects are incredible. And and it's been interesting to see people's reaction. And I think you're right that that people are becoming more comfortable to the idea of, of groups of people who know each other. It's okay to see them in groups in public because they've all vetted each other, if you will. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're fine. You, you, you trust that they have done their homework. And as long as they're staying six feet away from you, that's okay. But this, this whole period, this whole COVID period is, is, I think as we touched on in the last episode, it's just been, it's been a rocket ride to not the far future, but you know, maybe the next 10 years in interpersonal communication and remote work and telework, it's it's forced everyone to kind of adopt these technologies that they may have been reticent to do before, but mm -hmm. now they've had to. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell you that, and you as well, the number of virtual <laughs> meetings that I've had has oh, just, yeah. you know, more than quadrupled. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's, everyone's now willing to turn on their video and everyone's mm -hmm. willing to turn on the camera and, and is, is becoming a little bit more aware of what they look like and, and how they sound during these meetings where, you know, before you had somebody riding in a car, you know, blasting the radio <laughs> with the kids screaming in the back. You know, people are becoming more used to that. But what kind of changes do you think have happened during this period to meetings in particular that, that you think will stick around uh, once things get back to relative normality? That's, that's really interesting to think about. I, I do think that the, the whole use of the virtual meetings has rocketed us about 10 years into the future. I mean, the, the embrace of, because people need to communicate, they really want to, and they, they, 
and it, and like you say, with the cameras now, we want to see each other. We don't just want to be on the phone with them. We want right. to be able to interact and get the facial expressions. And but there's been a few things I think it's interesting to contemplate. The order ahead and curbside pickup from your favorite normal sit down <laughs> restaurant. I think that's going to stick around. Yeah, I think absolutely. The, the restaurants are going. Wow, we just got introduced to the to the drive up without having to build a drive up window. <laughs> no. That's right. That's uh, right. Work from home. That that whole idea of teleworking. Our community here in Maryland was even offering grants for small businesses to to equip employees with telework technology. And uh, what I'm hearing from the uh, international facility um, management groups is that the corporations that had plans to expand and to you know get more floor space are now starting to rethink that and saying well what if only you know 50 percent of our employees had to come to work on any given day maybe we can have monday tuesday shifts and wednesday thursday shifts and everybody works from home on friday huh. so the i think that's going to stick around for the, uh, some of the same reasons that people um are saying that they don't want to necessarily travel to go to meetings you know, they're making it work yeah. because they have to, we have to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, how do you see, I mean, do you see that virtual meetings or, you know, what, what some folks call the unified communications platform or UCP technology, do you see that interfacing with live events or, or is it going to be, is it going to remain a just kind of person to person or, or small business meetings, or is it going to expand into the live events and meetings industry? I, it has to, it, it really yeah. has to. And this is this is the biggest challenge that we're right now studying, because it honestly it hasn't been done before. Mm. It really hasn't. We we think well, sure, you know, you can look at the different manufacturers of of roll around conferencing products, and they say just roll it over into the room and and gather around. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the huddle space technology, mm -hmm. which is basically a big screen and a camera and a sound bar and maybe a microphone in the middle of the table. That really is only designed for four, six, maybe eight people on each end of that. It's a big mm -hmm. speaker phone and a you know picture phone sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It will not work when you put 20 or 30 people in a meeting room and then try to bring 25 or 36 or 49 remote attendees into the room. You can't just put that in the room and have everybody be able to feel connected and, and feel like they're participating in the in the event. This is our big challenge right now. This is what we're most focused on is what configuration of the room, what do you need the room envelope to be, the characteristics, we call it the architectnology of the room, the right. acoustics, the lighting, the configuration and layout of the seats and the displays and the sound systems, and the technology itself, the size of the displays, the location of the cameras, more than one camera, we're, we're looking at how do we get uh, views from the front of the room as well as from the back of the room. If you just sure, roll in a sure. huddle kit, all you can see is, is from the front, you know? <laughs> sure. It, 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 it still baffles me that no one has integrated a, a useful camera switching tool into any of these platforms. You know, it, it seems like such a basic concept that was built into video conferencing hard, hardware codecs. Mm -hmm. um, being able to switch manually between different sets of cameras. But that just, it seems like an afterthought still with, even with the ubiquity of these platforms, it's, it's kind of strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we've had so many years of experience focusing on 
what it's called the guest experience. Everybody wants to know what's the guest journey and what's it like mm -hmm. from when you get out of the taxi cab from the airport and you get into the front desk in the lobby and then you get to the room and what that whole journey experience. And we're flipping it around and saying, well, what is the virtual attendees experience of being part of a meeting in your hotel or your conference center or your corporate meeting room? You know, if you're there in person in that room, you know, what can you see? You can, you can see the, the presenter, the person behind the lectern, perhaps, uh, or the panel there. You can see their PowerPoint or their presentation, and you can look around and you can see all the other people that are in the room with you physically. And maybe there's a big screen with a Hollywood squares on it that you can mm -hmm. see the you know 25 attendees who are not physically there, but are. But what do they see? And what does that remote attendee see? And how do we move this from simply watching a meeting to attending it, to becoming a participant? How do we make it so that those remote participants or the remote attendees can feel as engaged? It's all about engagement. How do we get them sure. engaged and give them the same sort of immersive experience as if they had been there in person? Right. Yeah, it's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. And, and you're right. It needs to be you you hope that the technology is is going to be there, and we hope that we're going to be ha helping to drive that that yes. innovation to make it to make <laughs> it feel <laughs> like it's an experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, joining a joining a Zoom meeting, making an experience of that. Yeah. So another industry that's that's very tightly linked to the meetings and events industry is the AV services industry. Can you speak to how that? That industry has been impacted by this whole COVID nineteen experience, if you will. Uh -huh. And what what's their What's their response been so far? Oh wow! Uh, well, maybe it, it would help to get to understand where they're coming from to understand why they're responding the way they are. So, okay, the where they came from was this. I guess it's called a red ocean, uh, a bloody red ocean of heavy competition. <laughs> you know, sharks eating sharks. It was for twenty years the competition between the major and. The AV rental companies, the outsourcing companies, the production companies, all going after the business that existed, all going after the hotel management companies, trying to get the exclusive contracts to operate all of their facilities. They were just cutting their margins so slim. And there was there's a lot of top line, a lot of top line in the AV mm -hmm. industry. But the competition between them were offering higher and higher commissions to the hotels and the hotels were demanding it and playing them off each other. And uh, the labor costs were so high because their their business model is to use all portable equipment, uh, always right. all portable equipment. So the sure. labor costs uh, were this, and the commissions were the two highest. Now, all of a sudden, they've everything stopped. and All at <laughs> once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> and they said, maybe now's the time for us to fix our business model. <laughs> Maybe now would be a good time for us to reinvent ourselves. And what would that look like? Well, if you want to try to recover margins, then you have to cut your costs and raise your prices. The idea of using or of, of this hybrid meeting and, and how do you fully equip a meeting space with as much technology as possible to sort of accommodate the hybrid meeting that's the opportunity that they're looking for. And they're saying, uh -huh. you know, we can bring in AV technicians. We can bring in video switching. We can bring in audio switching. We can give everybody in the room a microphone. We can put up multiple displays throughout the room. So all of a sudden now, 
all it's it's all starting to dramatically impact the cost of doing meetings with portable equipment. You're saying they see an opportunity. They see an opportunity to fix a problematic business model. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what it looks like. But meanwhile, I mean, the meeting planners were already frustrated at the the cost of doing AV in hotels and yeah yeah the the running line was I I just I didn't want to buy that projector I just wanted to rent it for a couple of days <laughs> yeah, so and and at the same time we all know that the cost of the actual technology itself has been going down for the last 10 years quality is going up the reliability is going up the ease of use is is much much easier yet you know, for some reason, the prices stayed high in the uh, in the hotel AV rental market, mm-hmm. and um, now is the time for both sides to reinvent uh, their business model. I think we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I anticipate the next year is going to be another bumpy ride. It's going to take a couple of zigs before it zags. We'll, we'll we'll see. And we're trying to stay abreast of everything. Is there any way that our listeners can find out more? Do we have any resources that you could point them to? Content that we've that we put out recently? Well, yeah, and what we just had a meeting this afternoon actually uh, to look at our two websites, www.electro-media.com and www.avastar, that's a v a s t a r. I-O. And so we've got resource tabs on both of those that we're going to be filling we're just repositories for all kinds of information, reports from the marketplace, uh, white papers, case studies, everything, uh, links to podcasts even. <laughs> hey, all right. Uh, so whatever we can, we're going to post there. Plus, um, we would just really enjoy helping anybody who has any questions. Uh, we're, we've got what we're calling an open office hours policy now since the start of COVID that, yeah, we'll be happy to talk with anybody, talk through any questions that anybody has or work, you know, review proposals or look at designs, uh, give advice at no charge, just, just to get to know you and, and for you to get to know us. And, you know, when, when it's a real project, that'll be obvious to both of us, you know, but a couple hours here, a couple (laughs) hours there, no problem. That's great. That's great. Well, we always appreciate your unique observations and insights into into the industry. So thanks so much for being on the show, Jeff. Oh, thank you very much, John. I, I enjoy the time and the questions. You are very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that, that <laughs> praise. Sure. Well, folks, we'll be back soon with another episode discussing the future of meetings and event technology. And like Jeff said, if you'd like to find out more about Electromedia Design and our Avastar platform, head on over to electro-media.com or avastar, A-V-A-S-T-A-R dot I-O, or send an email to info at electro-media.com. Uh, music for the show today is by Greg Bloman. My name's John Rossman, and when we meet again, who knows where, who knows when. Well, we'll see you then. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye.